So did you shoot any uh, ducks? Is that what you were doing? Duck hunting? Yeah, I was up in North Dakota. And? Yeah, we were, we were successful. I Shot. guess if you go on the if you go on a duck hunting trip and don't shoot any ducks, that's pretty pathetic. Right? I mean, there has been years past when it was like 70 degrees when we got out there and we shot like six or seven ducks. It was bad. But this year it was cold, very cold. A lot of water was frozen and there's a lot of snow on the ground, but it worked out really well. Great success. Like what's prime duck hunting conditions? Like 40 in, degrees in, and yeah, cloudy? In my mind, f- between 40 and 45 degrees, cloudy with about a 15 mile an hour wind. Do you have dogs that then go and chase the ducks? <laughs> I mean, we hunt it over water. So, yeah, they swim out and retrieve them for us. Okay. What if you miss the ducks? Do they laugh at you like this? <laughs> <laughs> no, they just stand there and look at you in disappointment. <laughs> the duck hunter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the duck hunter of the game. I was yeah. going with duck hunt as the uh, duck hunt, yeah. as the reference, which I think you need to enunciate when you say duck, duck. hunt. Hunt. It's a dangerous combination of <laughs> syllables. Yeah. Yeah. Paulson, what have you been up to? Mostly just demoing equipment. The The music bit, putting soundtracks behind the little Instagram stories with the demos, his... Uh, it's became a hit. It is a hit. I get a lot of a lot of positive feedback on that, so I appreciate that. Yeah, well, yeah, because we've done Creed. Sure. And then... Metallica. Metallica. ACDC. ACDC. And then I put the poll out with Hall & Oates and celine dion i voted for celine dion and miley cyrus i was kind of hoping for a little bit more effort out of celine dion fans i thought the canadians would rally behind celine i voted i voted for celine dion i I think that poll i only had the poll up for well i guess it probably the poll lasted like the 24 hours that the instagram story did but it got like i don't know 1200 votes which i thought was insane but Celine Dion only got like 107. I know. Disappointing. One of them was Andy. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and then we, yeah, so I did Hall & Oates after that. Bob Seeger was the one I did yesterday and today. Creed was my favorite. I'm, I still haven't, I still haven't fired up the Nickelback. I think that should be the last strip till demo because that's going to be the last one running probably. So do you could finish strong well, with Nickelback. See, the problem is it's probably going to be pretty cold at the time that I fire up the Nickelback soundtrack. I want to make sure people have their shoes tied on tight before I do it because it's going to rock their freaking socks off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> really socks confident. are going to go flying. You're off. really confident in that. So that's what I've been up to. Yeah, demos. Demos. So that's leading into our topic for the day. So why don't we just start this podcast? Hit the intro button. That was so not. You have some energy. What? Hit the button. <laughs> Try it one more time. Hit that button. Okay. No, no, no. Oh. It's too late. I hit the button. I can't stop it now. Welcome to Everything Egg and then some. Presented by Kibble Equipment. A frequently fun, usually informative, and always tangent-filled look into the industry that feeds the world. From cutting-edge John Deere technology to the impact of social media on the agriculture industry, no topic is off-topic. That felt good. We haven't done that in a while. It has been a while since we've recorded a podcast. I feel bad if people were, like, riding in their combines thinking, I got nothing to listen to. Let's fire up the new episode. Oh, man. Oh, man. At least I hope people feel like that. Maybe not. Maybe they're like, oh, God, I got to listen to this now. But we did confirm that we are international. Yeah, we had some visitors from John Deere. We call it Region 2, but like 
that would cover all of Europe at least. And yep. that was where most of them were East, from. Eastern Europe. Or excuse me. Western yeah, Europe. In, Eastern, Western Europe. Yeah, Great Britain, Poland, Germany. I think, but they were here and they were fans of the podcast. Yeah, which blows my mind. A guy from the UK it was like, Yeah, a bunch of our dealership groups and a bunch of people at Deer listen to you guys and we're like, Oh boy. Oh boy, that made me nervous. Well, yeah, and then I was testing out my uh, my British accent, and I, I think he was impressed. <laughs> I thought it sounded more Australian so than polite. anything. I'll just say this. <laughs> he was just being polite. <laughs> good eye, mates over there in jolly old London town. Is that good? <laughs> that was like started off Australian, and then it ended British. I don't know where to draw the line between us. I guess you don't say good day, mate. What do you say? Top of the morning to you? <laughs> <laughs> I went to lunch with him. Good morrow to you, sir. I went to I went to lunch and Bullocks. I sat next I sat next to the the guy from uh, Britain and then the guy from Germany and uh or Poland, I can't remember. Anyway, they started asking me questions about the rules of American football. You're the wrong person, the person to ask of those Chris questions. Chris big sports guy. Chris big, is a big like, sports guy. I think when guy. you get a touchdown, I think you get 5 points. <laughs> it's called football. But you, you throw the ball with your hands. Yeah, there's that. Is there kicking? Uh, sometimes. Yes. Some, some kicking. Yeah. In worst points? case scenario. You get points? How sometimes many? one, sometimes three. <laughs> You're talking about the SNL bit. That's yeah. classic. <laughs> Free to do our own weights and measures. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today, our topic for the day. Oh, shoot. I didn't introduce us. Oh, yeah. You should probably introduce us. Nobody knows us. The, the international superstars. So we're finally. We're not. Inter- oh, my God. You're so. So we're back. It's me, Kibble Man Sam. Me, other Kibble Sam. And Boss Man Chris. And we're going to be talking about equipment demos, demonstrations, not demolitions. (laughs) Although sometimes I think they're one and the same based on some of my experiences this fall. As far as equipment demonstrations go, why are they important? How do you execute a good one? We'll share some stories from what we've done this fall. But overall, we're going to talk about all of our equipment demos that we've done this fall and, and why we do them and why we think they're important. So why do you think they're important, Samuel? Because we have to show off the technology that we have, have available. There's a lot of technology that people have that they're not utilizing fully. Perfect example is like if you're using AutoPath, you probably aren't using turn automation or vice versa or machine sync and different things like that. And then also just showing off new equipment like X9 still very pretty new. And then our 8RXs are still very pretty new. Okay, you knew what I meant. <laughs> 8RXs are still fairly new. And then tillage demos too are important because nobody really cares about tillage, but we have to show it off anyway. Wait a second. No, you try. You tried to go back down the hill, but you climbed the hill for a second, and I'm proud of you. You said tillage demos are important. You're going to edit. I don't. I don't. You're going to edit what, out the bad part and yeah. just keep the good part. This might be episode 23, and it took you 23, but he finally showed his true colors. <laughs> tillage demos are important, kind of. Well, and the, the demonstrations we, are. This equipment is an investment, right? It's most of the stuff that we demoed is worth more than. My house. Probably all three of our houses combined. Yep. Not speaking for you, Paulson, but. Yeah. Remember, Samuel, when you're driving an 8RX with a 2660 VT and you're texting and driving, that you're driving three times the value of your house down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for people to commit to, you know, upgrade or invest in that, it's, I would, I'd do the same thing. I'd yep. want to try it not well, anywhere, just at my farm. Yep. 
It's kind of like test driving a vehicle. As soon as you get past the earshot and sight of the dealership, you open it wide open, see what it really has. Or is that just me? Well, you got to push it. If you're going to demo anything, you got to push it. But sometimes if pushing it involves taking it into the muddiest spot in your field, I'm going to say you maybe could avoid pushing it in that regard. <laughs> but that's just me. I've washed more more pieces of equipment this year than I was planning on. But equipment demos have been a part of a John Deere dealership sales environment since the beginning of John Deere, I guess. And I think the whole aspect of how you execute a good demo has changed significantly since 30 years ago, where I think essentially you would just, salesman would just bring something out and drop it off and tell you to run it and go. A lot of what we're demonstrating is the next level technology. And that stuff needs, I would say a lot more babysitting and a lot more guidance. There's also more variables. So demos can go extremely well, or they can go pretty poorly. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't take much to get between the two. You have to be prepared for these things and you have to know what you're talking about and you have to be prepared for all the things that can happen on a demo, which seems like a lot of times is Murphy's law. For example, we had a strip tail demo yesterday and I had been around this. I mean, it's the new John Deere ST series strip tail bar and they are complex. It's a application tool and a tillage tool. All I mean, there's a lot going on with those. There's a lot to remember. And I had been around the one last year, but we couldn't get the thing to go in the ground. And we're like, the airbags are just juiced right now. We can't put any more pressure on it. It's not making a difference. There's one row unit that's making a nice strip and the other 15 (laughs) are not doing anything. And I feel like an idiot. And you start to get in your own head and you start to overlook the easy things. You have to like calm down and just all of a sudden Dwayne looks and he goes, is there shipping bolts in these row units? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we, one was gone. So that one was making a great strip. The other 15 were all held up in the air. So we got that figured out. Boom. Great demo. But took that's you some, a while to get there. Eh, it took us a little while to get there. Luckily, we had the right customer for the first time we take this thing to the field. So it went great. Yeah. Back to your thing about like more, more, you know, back in the day, you used to be able to just drop something off. But now, it, like we say complex or not complicated, but complex, like we try to have everything married up together. So this a tractor and the strip till unit is like one. We're not dropping off the strip till unit for the customer to hook up their own because there's a lot of variables there to make them chuck and jive together, right? Same thing with the combines. Like say you want to pair up the heads typically. Yeah, you want to make sure stuff works before you get there. Um, but like one one thing that creates a very tricky demo a lot of times is if you run something on a customer's tractor, like a tillage demo, for example. You know, like the tw- three section VTs, you need a K strain or a, you know, a no pressure return for the wing downforce. If you put it on a 9R tractor, there's not a lot of four wheel drives that have K strains. Like it's pretty low percentage. So then, so you kind of run yourself into a wall there. Th- that can create a poor, I mean, it doesn't just, it's not just like, well, that demo didn't go well. I guess we'll get them next time. There might not be a next time. That may give them a poor perception of that tool, but it also gives them a poor perception of you. And the dealership. So a bad demo is always way worse than doing no demo. Yes. So I'm a big fan of like, we're not pushing it on conditions. Like we're going to wait till things are right. Just because we want to take those variables. I, I, I don't want it to so- come off as we're scared to go out in muddy conditions or this or that. I just, there's already enough variables that I want to make sure this goes, you know, successfully that I don't want to create more problems for myself than I need to. Speak, so, speaking of that kind of stuff, how did that 2680H high-speed disc go in the snow? That was the definition of pushing it a little bit. We got it to go in the snow. So we did a snow till demo. There was about, I don't know, it was about an inch of snow on the ground. 
and we ran a 2680H high-speed disc over it. And it works. I, I knew it would work fine as long as it stayed cold. Yeah. It's that we were running on the borderline of freezing temps. So as soon as the sun came out through the clouds and about half hour of that beating down on it, it turned into a little soupier. And then she kind of became not worth going. So we got out of there. But the customer had the right expectation. He wanted to see if it could do it in those conditions. And he was said he was impressed with how well it actually did. But he had a great quote. Yes. He said, the true set on this thing is the cat's ass. <laughs> Which then we had a very long discussion about. The etymology of the phrase <laughs> cat's ass. It sounds like it would be the worst. Like I, It seems like it should be something like, I hate that guy. He is a cat's <laughs> ass. But it means it's awesome. So Yeah. Why do, why do the foreign countries think our language is very complicated? <laughs> oh, he said what? He said he's what? Google cats, cat's ass, ass image search. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've run into uh, all sorts of things this fall. Yeah, a couple of demo with an X9. He tried to go tiling with a corn snout on a corn head. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> I got a little crumpled up. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Uh, and that's a perfect, uh, for the sales folks listening, that's exactly why we, when we do demos, rentals, insurance. <laughs> yes. Yeah, things happen. Yep. So one thing that I find pretty enjoyable about going out on all these demos, besides getting a lot of content for social media and whatnot, is like actually getting to spend time in the field with customers, which is something like we as a, the three of us don't get to do all that often. And so you get stories about, because that's something that I use to, I guess, make recommendations about how, you know, because I get a lot of questions on how should we set this tool and how do other guys running it? I don't want to tell you how you should set the tool. I'll just tell you what other people tell me. I'm a conduit for other people. So I get to learn from customers and I also get a lot of funny stories from them. Um, like the guy who thought TrueSet was cat's ass. But my favorite one was when I was working at Deer and the 2230 had just come out and I believe I was 27 and I hop in the cab with this guy and TrueSet's pretty simple, honestly, on a tillage tool. So we're running a field cultivator. I'm showing him how true set works. It's like a mile long pass. I don't know. It's forever. So I'm riding with the guy. I show him how it works. I give him the 301 lesson on it. And then halfway through the pass, we're done. So we got to go turn around and come all the way back. So we start talking about this and that. And he asked me how long I'd worked for John Deere. And I told him, oh, I think about, I think at that time, about seven years. And he goes, oh, well, how old a guy are you? I go, well, why don't you guess? <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was getting myself into, uh, but he goes, oh, I don't know, maybe 40. Oh, <laughs> I go, oh, close. Now I said, I'm, uh, I'm 27. And he goes, God, dang it. He, and he, he was so upset with himself because he missed it by like 13 years that he couldn't stop talking about it. So now we have a long pass of him profusely apologizing to me and then me just like i'm apologizing because i'm like i knew that was going to happen everybody thinks i look older than i do i have a gray beard already and i'm in my 20s <laughs> i've lived a hard life <laughs> so <laughs> takes its toll uh so he's apologizing i'm apologizing to him for making him guess and then we get to the end of the pass i think he's finally got off this and then he the salesman's sitting there in his truck and he's like well how about this let's ask steve how old he thinks you are and see what he guesses. And I go, oh, okay. And so he goes, I had just met this salesman that day. It was the first time I'd been out to the field. And he goes, Steve, 
how old of a guy do you think Sam is? And Steve goes, I don't know, 26. <laughs> and he goes, dang it. This makes me feel worse. <laughs> I wouldn't have those stories without doing a, 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 an extreme amount of demos. So a lot of what I have been doing this fall has been bringing hard iron out to a farm, tractors, tillage tools, uh, combines. What kind of demos can we do on a customer's farm that maybe don't involve bringing hard iron out there that are still really effective? So the ones that we've done right off the top of my head is machine sync. We've said this in the previous podcast. This is the year of machine sync. We have more and more people using it. And right away, there's a ton of combines and tractors that are capable of it. Already Gen 4, already have MTGs in them. So might as well, and they have the activations too. So might as well just get out there, show them how, it's, how, how to run it, hook them up, and then sit, them, sit in with them for a couple of rounds, and then off you go. So you can either get a couple day demos or if they have the existing activations and they're just not utilizing it. Yeah, and so a lot of times we can utilize they already have all of the equipment built in, right? We just yeah. maybe got to get them some software activations, basically some demo time there. But if I guess there, I think most people that would listen to this podcast probably know what machine sync is, but if you don't, it's, it's the communication between the grain cart driver and the combine. So the combine can basically take control of the grain cart and move them back and forth to fill it more efficiently. I had a good one there. Like, so if we do machine sync, can we control the combine with the grain cart? Am I going, no. He goes, well, we have grandpa running the combine sometimes and he, he's really bad at loading the cart. And so I don't know if this is going to work. I go, well, we'll just see how it happens. It didn't go very well. Mm, it didn't, yeah. We, didn't go very well. I guess we'll have to step it up next time. We'll have remote machine sync. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually had a funny one today and this is not the first time this has been requested of me, but we were doing a tillage demo with a 2660 VT uh, variable tillage tool. So you have five different things you can control from the main home screen. You got what depth, gang angle, uh, the wing down pressure, the fore aft uh, leveling of the tool, and then the, the rolling basket pressure on the back. So all of those have, you know, little buttons you can bump it up or down. Well, they said the guys that we got running our tillage equipment, you know, these older retired guys, I think they just get bored. Uh, when they're going through the field and they just start touching <laughs> buttons and he's like is there some way do you know some way that we can like lock this screen so they can't adjust and screw everything up and i was like i do if you go into the settings and change it from you know the ability to adjust from manual to prescription then it'll lock out the ability to adjust it but the trick is you don't even have to have a prescription loaded into the display i used to tell people you should use prescriptions because it keeps your farm hands from or guys running your tillage from adjusting stuff Technically, you don't even need to have a prescription loaded into the display. You can just change the adjustment mode to prescription. It locks it out. And whatever you had in there last, so if you set the depth to four inches and that's where you want it, it'll just lock it out. So you don't have to worry about them using the wrong preset. You can just be like, boom, locked it. And you can just do it for like just the gang angle or just this or that. Or if you don't want them to change like the four aft leveling, if you just get it set and want it to be there, just RX it. And then it'll just gray it out, can't adjust it. Fun fact, fun tillage facts on Friday. The more you know. With tillage man sam mm, uh, rest well, in peace yeah our r.i.p pour, pour one out for old tillage man sam <laughs> <laughs> not on the table Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> get my rb size t on there <clears throat> back to machine sync um uh, since the last episode we've still had some people having issues with disconnects right yep i'm still really really convinced it's uh interference from other things i don't think i told you this i actually ordered a 
You did order that I, detector, whatever the hell. Thing. I did. I didn't get the expensive one. I found one on AliExpress from China. It's like $150. <laughs> from Wish.com. <laughs> I'm super excited. This thing can do a lot of other things. That, so hopefully this tool will let us dial that in. But, uh, but yeah, so people still talking about machine sync issues, pretty, pretty convinced it's interference from after you've done everything else that we talked about. Yep. If you have any questions, go back to that other podcast. Yep. And and the demos, these software demos, I don't know if everybody knows, we have the ability to put like three-day demos on your equipment if you don't have that unlock. Right. So we have three-day demos to yep. kind of get you, you know, first one free, get the taste of it. And, yep. and, and we, are, you like. we are not going to constantly just give you and refresh three-day demos throughout the entire growing season. So like say in spring, you're like, oh, I need section control, but I don't really want to buy it. Can you just keep giving me three-day demos? No. So I've been kind of in charge of demos with for kibble equipment for the past year and a half, I guess, two years. Sure. Um, this fall has been by far the biggest demo season we've ever done by a long shot. Now, I think as commodity prices are probably trending the way that we're expecting them to trend, and we talked about it before, but I think as that happens, as guys maybe have a little bit less financial security that also makes demos that much more important because equipment prices aren't going to get cheaper unfortunately yeah so if commodity prices go down and you go from six dollar corn to four dollar corn let's just say the equipment price stays the same and your input prices a lot of times stay the same so your margins get tighter and guys get a little bit more scrupulous on what they're buying that's when equipment demos become extremely important because like we said hundreds of thousands of dollars you want to be able to see that thing work in your field you know in whatever crop you planted whatever it is that's when they become so i think they're going to be more and more important here as we go into a little bit different phase uh in the ag economy yeah but that being said, this fall has been by far our biggest fall for demoing. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. We have had three different X9s demoing at the same time. We have had, I think, two different 2660 VTs, a 2680H on a 9RX. We've had our strip till bar has now been out. And then we've got an anhydrous rig now which is <laughs> that was a last minute oh, ad you, i'm so happy we did that i know <laughs> i know there's i doubt there's probably a lot of dealers that are even demoing a strip till bar because this maybe the same thing as anhydrous here you're actually putting fertilizer in the Through ground yeah. with a demo and there's yeah. especially so, when you're doing the catch test to calibrate the full meter <laughs> catch test that's yeah a, that's a classic yeah that's a joke people do you, <laughs> don't do that don't do don't that, do that. Just, that joke also works for manure like yeah. hey we got to do a catch test to put over this <laughs> but no so the some of the backstory we originally did not have that as part of the plan yeah I, I i mean just like i don't think there's probably a lot of strip till demos going on show me I another would, anhydrous rig i'd be willing to bet we're the only dealership in the country doing an anhydrous demo and if you do work for a dealership doing an anhydrous demo i'd like to know yeah. yeah. So this was very last minute and shout out to the, the folks at SurePoint uh, Egg, which is a joint venture with Deer now. Yep. Well, if I'd, I'd, I'd interrupt <laughs> you and say for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with upper Midwest agriculture practices, anhydrous is a way to get nitrogen into the ground. So we use 
for the most part around these parts, we're using a converted chisel plow or a chisel plow type applicator to knife in the anhydrous gas. It goes in and then basically when it gets into the furrow, it becomes liquid and then stays in that trench. Yep. So that goes from a gas to a liquid. And yep. that's the when so we talk you, about the dangerous part. Yeah. So you have an anhydrous tank pulled behind a, a chisel plow applicator. And that's your anhydrous rig that we're talking about here. Yeah. And it's it's high stress in our area because the best practice is to wait until the soil temperature is fifty degrees or below. Yep. So you got that so the so that it doesn't, you know, lose the nitrogen. If it gets too warm, it'll volatize and you'll lose it. But then then it freezes up here. So you got that window between fifty and frozen where so guys get a lot of acres done in a short amount of time. So it's pretty high stress, especially when the forecast looks like, oh, it's gonna freeze up. Yep. So we had a lot of people running the Raven RCMs just to call them out. And the Gen 4 monitor is a little more fussy when it comes to ISO bus than the 2630s. Yep. And so we get a lot of software mismatch stuff. And so on our support line, we get phone calls saying, you know, all kinds of random stuff. Section control is not working uh, to the point one where we had like the CAN bus was physically getting taken off the, the implement side. True set wasn't showing up. And I think I had my sixth or seventh. So everybody on the team was, oh, Raven RCM, that's a Chris thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, pass it to me. And, and there's a fix. Is that why you started getting bloody noses? That's probably. probably. Yeah, there's High a, stress. That's probably yeah, not <laughs> another thing we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, so there is a fix to update the software to the Raven to a certain specific version. So it, it it's all happy. Well, there's actually two fixes to it. Well, there's a, that, that software version and then what else? Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I, again, uh, shout out to SurePoint on a Saturday. Uh, I, and not to call out, you know, Raven, that Raven does a lot of good things. It's just, we as a dealership and, and me personally, I, I've, I struggle when we can't fix it. Like when a customer has a problem and we can't fix it. Yeah. That's because, you know, they're all, they usually point to the screen or the receiver or the tractor. Um, if it's something else that we can't, you know, we don't have the tools to update this stuff. So that frustrates me. Yeah. Um, I always a, love the story of uh, you. They go to them. They say it's our problem. We realize it's their problem, and then it honestly makes us look, feel bad and look bad. And them, you know, it's not our fault, but it's not their. And then they don't think it's their fault, and it's like okay, yeah, it's it's not a good experience for anybody. No. Um, and number one, the cut like this window is very tight, so it, it's it's frustrating. I got to get out and unplug the ISO bus and plug it back in. So on a Saturday, I called our SurePoint rep. Uh, well, first called a couple of our, you know, coworkers and say, Hey, do you think this is a good idea? Call our SharePoint rep said, Hey, we had a brand new 2430 C in stock. Could we get a complete SharePoint NH3 kit with, um, NSERV, which NSERV is a, an injection kit. So we can put NSERV, which NSERV is an additive to the soil to prevent nitrogen loss even further. Okay. Yep. Said, yep. Let me make some calls Monday. They started putting together the kit. I think we got the kit. A week from that Monday, they sent up four guys. They're like their install team to teach our folks how to install it. And on Wednesday or Thursday, it was running. Pretty cool. And so far, the you know, we're getting used to the system, how it works. But so far, everybody's pretty impressed, not only with how it works, but also this the install was drastically less time. They did the install in like two days. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen it yet in action in the field, but I should be out there uh, next week. And then... Well, I'll get some video of it. So if you follow me or Kibble Equipment on Instagram, well, probably maybe that'll be Nickelback Day. I think you should do a police day. Sting in the police? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you have to save Nickelback for the strip dealer egg. You have to. That's a requirement. 
mutton chops and nickelback <laughs> for the strip till rig what about little river band little lrb the other guys <laughs> what the hell are we listening to <laughs> lrb little river band <laughs> takes the cd out of the cd player and throws it out on the highway <laughs> so we're excited uh, number one you know it's a good product we've had good experience so far good good support from the company and then again you got a problem with it you know something's gonna break it's just it's just a one stop just shop. one stop we, right it's just us and we don't have to point fingers which i don't like doing that yeah it doesn't feel nice even if though there's if there's one thing we love as cable equipment it is to be self-sufficient right and make fun of other brands no that's just you oh, okay <laughs> that's just you even chris over here tiptoeing and you're like take it off <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would well, if you would have let me talk about that, that would have ended. You would have cut the whole thing. Yeah. Well Raven and so Raven one of my favorite jokes about Raven, our our support specialist from Deer. <laughs> he has a joke, you know, the old Raven four fifties in the cabs, you know, just the controller that's been around for years. You had a line that you can't you can't go to a farm and swing a dead cat by the tail and not hit a Raven four fifty. <laughs> <laughs> He actually used that line when, when the original rate controller was being introduced. He and I taught that class in Corpus Christi, Texas. And I did the same thing. I almost fell off my chair. But just that was in 2006. The original rate controller has been around since 2006. It's going to be able to drink soon. It can vote. It can vote. It, it can it's vote. been able to drink in Wisconsin for like the last five years. <laughs> I, I would just say the last thing I'll probably say on equipment demos here, kind of wrap up the conversation is, kind of how we identify customers for demos because there's there's probably somebody or multiple people that are in our trade area that may have thought well i i would like a demo how do i get a demo and that's something i think you just got to reach out to whatever sales rep that you work with and then they can reach out to me and then we can line it up and and try to make it happen yeah we try to plan these like as far in advance as yeah. possible so you, you know if we have three x9s we can make the route as you know efficient as possible yeah, like I would say, um, I get a lot of texts that are like, where's this at and can I demo it tomorrow? That one's tough to facilitate. Like I like to make a little roadmap where I can, because roading equipment, like I drove that strip till bar two hours yesterday. Man, that's a hump. How many mailboxes do we need to buy? At I'd, least two. I did not drive back the same way I drove out. That's trick of the trade. <laughs> <laughs> i doubt i hit any i i did i i was close enough though that i went and checked the marker arm to see if it was kicked back or if there was a sign of (laughs) just a little impact (laughs) most of the mailboxes in the country got the old swing Swing arm on them so not i didn't hit anything too hard but it's you got that big i mean i bet that strip till bar is 17 18 feet wide i think it's 18 feet wide I got a giant monster truck of a tractor, <laughs> the 9R640 with 1,400 LSWs. I had so many cars. This was hilarious. I had so many cars. Even when I had a wide shoulder and I had the nose of the tractor on the white line, so I had feet to the yellow line in the middle of the road, cars were going off into the shoulder just like coming at me, just <laughs> I think because they were scared, <laughs> terrified. Grave digger. Yeah, of the John Deere grave digger. <laughs> <laughs> need to get some magnets. Thursday, 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 coming to a field near you. But yeah, that was a really, really long way of saying. Talk to your salesman. If Sales you person. want, if you want a demo, it's best to reach out a couple months before and not like, 
I know I post stuff on Instagram and I, it'll be like, so-and-so saw this on Instagram and wants to demo. It's like, dang it. I'd like to do it, but I just, I don't have the bandwidth to get it there, you know? Uh, so that does happen. So I apologize for that. But yeah, if, if you want to demo something, let us know. And, or just like Chris or, has, or even a new piece of technology. Like. Exactly. You don't need, it doesn't need to be a new piece of equipment. Good job, Samuel. Be a new piece of technology. Yeah. Just like the new receiver that's coming out. Oh man. <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I scolded you last time. Great transition. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been announced by John Deere. <laughs> yeah. So fun fact, we actually recorded this bit on a previous podcast and then realized it wasn't public knowledge yet. So <laughs> like, oh crap, scratch that. <laughs> So it's been announced. Uh, so we have to redo our history of GPS yeah. receivers. True. Part two. Um, there's a new new receiver. So everybody yeah. don't freak out. Yeah. The 7,000 just came out, but guess what? There's a new one. <laughs> the 7,500. Yes. So it that was a, that was a That was a sigh of excitement <laughs> from Samuel. No, it wasn't. <laughs> He's just uh, he's just anticipating all the phone calls on yes, the support line I, for I, all the guys that he sold seven thousand. I to. really am. I yeah. really am. So TLDR, what too long didn't read? Yeah, yeah. The point is, if you bought a seven thousand, you're fine. Yes. So uh, John Deere, you know, we're we're finally back into the good old days now, where we we got you know a couple seven thousands at every dealership um, in stock, like we used to. Now the G fives are coming out. We'll have displays in stock. Uh, but the challenge with the 7,000 and the 6,000 is that there's a one chip that marries a couple of the circuit boards together. Like a Pringle? <laughs> Stupid or joke. A, <laughs> you're not a dad. It's a dad joke. Good joke, boy. <laughs> a microchip. <laughs> so there's Like a Pringle? <laughs> <laughs> so, so during the COVID in the, in the chip shortages that we all heard about, um, John Deere used a three, it's like a $3 chip to have these two circuit boards talk to each other. Um, John Deere makes a lot of things, but they can't compete to like the automotive industry. Uh, I think the same chip was used in some military and some medical applications. And John Deere just doesn't buy nearly what other manufacturers buy. So where would you say we rank on that list? Probably pretty Military, medical, John Deere's way on the bottom. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're right above the guy that solder stuff together in his home garage. AKU. Yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> Sa uh, save, nerd. Nerd save, save some lives <laughs> or straight lines in the field. <laughs> yeah, like a military <laughs> medical, so kill them, save them. Save them and then feed them. And plant them. Oh. <laughs> So that, so it was a constraint. And so even though we can get them now, um, looking forward, John Deere's going to be putting integrated receivers and in all the new 8,000 series, 7,000s, 9s, um, X9 sprayers. So it's going to be integrated. So in order to have enough capacity to do that, plus get the universal ones, John Deere had a, a big project. They redesigned the guts of the receiver to yeah. work around so they don't need that chip anymore. But that's, that was the only change between a 7,000 and a 7,500. So it's not like there's better accuracy. It's all the same. Functionally, there's nothing different about Price the 7,500. Price is the same. You know, we should be celebrating that, hey, we won't have, you know, we shouldn't have a supply problem. Honestly, I would just prefer if it was no news. But <laughs> yeah. I know. But we're talking about it because a lot of people bought the 7,000s um, and they might be thinking, oh, crap, you know, do I need to upgrade? You don't. We're joking that we need to get a, 
a limited edition sticker limited, yeah. for those guys that bought the seven. Well, I think really for the guys that have the seven thousands, I think those are the more valuable receiver because there's going to be less of those oh, right. yeah. on the market than 7,500s. Just saying, that's why Chris said limited edition. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. More money. Well, so that I'm, means you have to add two receivers to your collection. Yeah, so I have a, uh, on my shed, I don't hunt deer, but I got all the receivers mounted on the wall. <laughs> and so now I'm going to have to make more space. <laughs> Although one, you guys, around. although one of you guys had a good idea, just buy a sticker. <laughs> 7,000 <laughs> on one side and 7,500 on the other. Well, I, I said, yeah, so if we get people that are really, really upset that they bought a 7,000, but then they don't have the latest and greatest, just buy a sticker and put it <laughs> Sharpie. <laughs> That's going to defeat. So why did John Deere do this? Well, the reason is like 10 years from now when we're trying to, you know, update software or troubleshoot something, you know, there is a technically a different software payload when we update software. Yeah. So yep. just to be able to tell the two when we're, you know, put in a case with deer or something, that's, that's why. Yep. <sighs> we're just hoping that we are going to avoid some the raising e- of blood pressure the- by you hearing it from us. Right. So if you o- own or ordered a 7,000, do not fret yeah. your receiver. I'm going to say is better. It's got more stuff in it. <laughs> it's got more chip. It's got that limited edition chip. Yeah, and and don't hold. If we, we'll, be selling the, we'll be selling the Universal Seven Thousands for you know probably through spring of next year. So don't. There's no need to hold off if you yeah. want to upgrade it to SFRTK for your autopath. Yeah, and if you are really distraught about it, call our support center. I'll talk to you off. The, I'll talk you off the. Off and hell, the I'll say it right now. We'll trade in your Seven Thousand. Seventy five hundred. Yeah, come on in. Come on in. If it really means that much to you, I did look. This, you can't get the sticker. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Mm, not, not a service part. Not huh? a service you know, part. Have to go find get a guy. the cricket out. Gee, dang it! <laughs> get the cricket. Get the cricket. I out. got. I got a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> All right. I think that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a lot of rambling, but I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Well, I guess we rambled because we we had a lot to talk about. It's been a while since we've done a podcast, so hopefully you had fun listening. If you did. Shoot us a rating. Hopefully please, it's five stars. Please rate us five Sammy, stars. Sammy J hasn't gotten paid in a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Kibble Equipment. Uh, I am at Kibble Man Sam. He is at the other Kibble Sam. And Chris is at Horrib on, on the X. X, not Or Twitter. at Chris Horrib on Instagram. There you go. And uh, I think that's all we got. Well, see you later. Why do I hear Celine Dion? <laughs>